It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's actually, I actually haven't seen you guys for some time. It seems like, um, with that, I was actually going to say that it seems like a lot of new faces in this place, and praise God for that. The young generation's growing, and we're, you know, more people are coming, you know, and even to the youth service, that is that's really good. If I'm not mistaken, it seems like it's more actually attendance uh, than actually ever before, if I'm not mistaken. Praise God. That's really good. And then for those that are familiar faces, praise the Lord. You're alive. You're in the church, believing you love Jesus, and thank God for that. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord has put on my heart this topic, um, and I wanted to share with you its conviction of the Holy Spirit. As we already heard, uh, just the things that were spoken even through this, through the verses, even through the poem, and praise God, sister, preach it. Uh, praise God. Keep it. Keep it going. Um, Thank the Lord. Speak it loud and clear what God is testifying in you, through you, for the glory of God. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit does inside of our lives. Jesus, what he said and what we heard in John 16, what was already read in the chapter, Jesus says, it is better for you that I leave so that the Holy Spirit comes. And you might wonder as a disciple, if you lived during that time, you might think, why would Jesus say that? He was with us for three and a half years ministering to us. We see signs, wonders, miracles. We see the power of God. We see demons cast out. We see the dead being raised. We see all these things happening. Why would I ever want to give up such an amazing experience that Jesus has been with me? They didn't understand. But Jesus says, you will understand later. And he says, the Holy Spirit will come. Think about this. Jesus is saying, I will leave. His body will be gone. But that now the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of Jesus, would come down on earth so that it would not just impact a generation 2,000 years ago in a bodily form for three and a half years, but it would do a lasting touch on your and my life for generation to generation through eternity for the glory of God. What am I trying to say? It's the power of the Holy Spirit, the fact that he came and touched your grandparents, my grandparents, great, great, great grandparents, so that you and I could be sitting here today. That is what Jesus was talking about. And you start to wonder, well, Jesus, you were ministering for a little bit, and it seems like maybe... We didn't see too many people repent, yet many repented, many saw the glory of God. But Jesus saw something far greater. He fulfilled the destiny, he fulfilled the calling that he had over his life during the three and a half years and for his whole life so that God would be praised. And that is defeating death, dying on the cross, and resurrecting from the grave so that you and I could be saved today. So that you and I could receive salvation. But it doesn't stop there. God wants to take us so much further. And this is why I wanted to focus on the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I want, to, I want you to raise your hand. Have you ever felt convicted in the Holy Spirit before? Amen. Amen. That's a, you are blessed. You are blessed. We are blessed when we are convicted in the Holy Spirit. I want to touch on that, what it means to be convicted in the Holy Spirit. How many of you, on to this question, how many have just of us felt kind of like, ooh, when the Holy Spirit touches me, I just feel like such a sinner. I feel so guilty, feel so shameful sometimes. You guys feel that? Like you feel led to go and repent of your sins, repent of maybe what we've done. And I want to say you're still blessed because that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is what the Holy Spirit was meant, was meant for our lives. 
And I'm going to just re, re, just rephrase and say the same words that have already been spoken just to highlight about the main verses that I want to touch on today. So it's in John 16, like we read in chapter 16, verse 7 through 11. It says, just for a reminder, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Remember, the Holy Spirit's your helper. He's your comforter. Even though you might feel like, well, Holy Spirit, I don't feel, I feel like a sinner. He's helping you. He's our doctor. He's someone that's healing us. He's helping us. And, but if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I want to touch on these three things. The Holy Spirit came to, to convict us in sin, righteousness, and judgment. I want to bring a story to us about Apostle Paul, who was previously Saul, I want to use that story just as a reference for us. So I'm going to read a little bit more scripture. And this is in Acts chapter 9, if you're following. And it's starting from verse 1. It says, but, Paul, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. And the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, neither ate nor drank. And there was a disciple of Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. At the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen a vision. In, in a vision, a man named Ananias, which is him, come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. I'm going to stop there. There's a man by the name of Saul, and for us the familiar name is Apostle Paul, who is a great man of God used during his time, and he was persecuted for preaching the gospel as we know the end of his life. We see in the story where he was filled with hatred, filled with anger, filled with just let me do some harm to Christianity, let me do some harm to those who follow the way, those who follow Jesus Christ, the teaching. And all of a sudden, he has this goal. He's going against the church. He's going to arrest some people and get a prize for doing that. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just stops him. Jesus appears right in front of him. He's blind. He falls to the ground, and he has no idea what's going on. Doesn't this feel like sometimes this happens in our life where all of a sudden we're doing life, we're doing our jobs, we're doing school, and all of a sudden something happens in our lives where the Holy Spirit just, just knocks you down and you feel like, God, what just happened in my life? You see, we just read in, this, in the scriptures in John 16 where the Holy Spirit has come to convict the world and we as people, before we come to Christ, we were part of the world. 
In other words, before we came to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and comes at you with force, yet with gentleness. And he says, you're a sinner. He says, you need some righteousness. And yet, my word, the spirit of truth, will bring some judgment and it's going to fix some stuff in your life. You see, when the Holy Spirit came right at Saul and stopped him from his plans, and many times we are stopped in our life, and we are blessed when we are stopped by the Holy Spirit in our lives, because God is going to be doing some great work inside of us. And I'm believing even tonight, God is going to be stopping us here, and maybe in our path of our life, maybe certain things we're doing in our life that do not belong to Jesus, that should not be done for the Lord, that maybe we do in private, in secret, that should be repented of, but the Lord will stop us and say, we need to do a transformation and a change. He might even drop us down. We might be blinded, or in other words, do not understand what's going on right now in our life, but we start to experience a change, and all of a sudden, we will expect hope coming in three days. For Paul is three, but God might be doing something inside. It could be three days, it could be a week, it could be a year. But God, when he stops you through the Holy Spirit, he starts to change us and mold us and transform us. And all of a sudden, he starts to change our eyes so that we have a different vision, a different sight. And we know Apostle Paul, he recovered his sight. Ananias came, he laid his hands on him, he started seeing. And Saul, who was transformed to a different name, Paul he flipped the world upside down. He changed the world because he was touched by the spirit of Jesus. And I'm believing that God, by the spirit of God, he, Jesus will touch us even tonight when we surrender and say, God, I want you. I want all of you. I want you to transform my life. I want you to change me, mold me, do whatever you want. Stop me, even if I have to drop down and maybe be confused in this life. In other words, not see, but I want your presence. Convict me, Holy Spirit. Why is this important? You see, understand, us being part of the world, the Holy Spirit comes to deal with us. He comes to enter our territory, which was stolen by the devil. He comes and tries to change the atmosphere of the sin that was, you know, that's hiding inside of us, trying to hide from other people, from other people seeing maybe what we're struggling with. But the Holy Spirit comes to deal with that. He comes into the territory. He starts to shift things in our lives. And yet we could be confused. We could be blind. We don't know what's going on. But that's the power of the Holy Ghost working inside of us because we said, God, do something. And I pray that this would be your and my prayer. We continue to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit comes with mighty power to break bondage, to break sin, and to break Satan's dominion. Oh, how many of us, sometimes we don't want to get up from our beds. We don't want to go to school. We don't want to go to work because we feel like a blah. Oh, I don't want to again. See, we were never meant for that. We were never meant to feel like we're down. We were never meant to feel like, oh, you're depressed or, oh, you're nobody. No, we are children of God. We are made in the image of God. Oh, you are special. You are a child, a daughter, and a son of God. We are worthy to get up and do something in this world. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and brings his dominion over our lives and gets rid of and destroys the territory of the devil, the sin the bondage, and everything in our lives. That's what happens when the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. You see, when he comes against us, when he comes into us, he comes now to dwell inside of us. 
You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't just come to say, look, that you need to change some things in your life. He comes to dwell inside of us, in you and me. Why? Because he's there to establish his kingdom, God's kingdom inside of you and I. That we would be the living, walking kingdom of God. And so that he would guide us. So that he would speak through you and I. When someone is losing hope, they don't know what to do. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're anxious. They don't know what to do. But the Holy Spirit comes and works through you to speak life into someone. Even if it's just simple words. And you thought, well, I just said what I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me. But that changed the destiny of someone because the Holy Spirit has established something inside of you. And that's the kingdom of God. That is his territory. Do you want that? I want that. I want more of that in my life, that God would consume me completely because when we allow him to do that, oh, you're going to see such great change in your life and you're going to have a different perspective of him. You're going to do things differently, do things differently than you did before. You're going to think differently. You're going to act differently. You're going to speak differently because the Holy Spirit has come to reign inside of your heart. That's what happens. And the last thing is manifest the presence of Jesus through you and I. You know, people need hope in this world. People need hope. People need grace, mercy. People need some love in this world. This is what the Holy Spirit does. You see, why is it important for us to have the Holy Spirit? Why is it important for us to have the Holy Spirit dwell in us? If we say, no, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay to come to church just once a Sunday, but I'm going to continue to live my life. You see, the problem with that is, yes, maybe you get a little bit of God, but when you don't have the wholeness of God, you might not get the the freedom from bondage. You might not get the freedom from sin. You might not get the whole experience of God. And you see, the whole manifestation of God, he says it's manifested through the Spirit of God. In other words, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and I. In other words, he's able to heal, deliver, cast out demons, be, set you free from everything because the Spirit of God, the wholeness of God is in you. But if we want only a little part of the Holy Spirit, what kind of life? are we going to result in? This is why it's important for us to really think about and pray about and say, God, I want the whole, I want the Holy Spirit in my life to take full possession, all territory, everything in my life, even if I have to drop like Apostle Paul or not understand things in my life, but I want you, Holy Spirit. I want you, Holy Spirit. This is just a little bit of an intro. I'm going to step into just three things, talk about it, like we said, right, about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. What does that mean? I was thinking and praying upon these things and thinking, how does this apply for our lives? How, what, what does Jesus mean by that when he says, I'm going to come into your life and I'm going to convict you through the Holy Spirit, sin, righteousness, and judgment? The first thing is sin, right? I'm naming this first point from sin to faith. From sin to faith, where God is trying to take us from sin to faith. Listen, you and I were never meant to remain in sin. He wants to take us from sin to faith. Why? It's because, it's because when he says uh, right here in, that we read in, uh, in John 16, it says, he will convict the world concerning sin, rights, and judgment. It says concerning sin because they did not believe in me. What does this mean? They did not believe in me. Believing in Jesus. But what did Jesus do? You see, it's the faith in Jesus. That's what sets us free. 
You can't receive deliverance, freedom from bondage, from sin, without believing in Jesus. And this is why I said in the beginning, it doesn't stop our faith, does not stop on just salvation and say, Lord, I believe, I just want to get to heaven. No. You see, we were meant to have dominion on this earth through Christ. And when we say, Lord, I believe in you, this is where we are taken from sin to faith. We were never meant to stay in sin, but meant to walk in the faith, and not just for salvation, but for our dominion. And that's believing in Jesus Christ, in him and what he did. We need to believe in his death and resurrection, because we are justified through him and for him. Acts chapter 2 20, verse 23 and 24, it says, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. But God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Death could not hold Christ down. Listen, when we believe in Jesus and what he did, death, sin, anything related to this dominion of the devil cannot hold us down. This is why Jesus says, you must believe in me. This is why the Holy Spirit comes and convicts us in our sin. Why? So that we need to go from sin to faith, believing in Jesus, so that when we believe in Jesus, we will not remain in sin, but we start to live a different life through faith. Through faith. I remember this moment in my life, maybe in about 2013, 2014, I want to mention this story. It's interesting because I remember exactly where I was at, and I remember exactly the words I believe the Holy Spirit spoke into my life. I was, if someone knows Seattle, I was on 6th and, and Pike Street. Amen. All right. So I used to work in downtown Seattle, and I remember walking from lunch, going back to work, and I just remember a Holy Spirit experience, and I heard the words saying, listen, you don't, don't think that all you're going to hear from me is just repent, repent. You know, you need to change something in your life. You got to do something. Because, you know, sometimes I just felt like, God, I have to change this in my life. God, I have to repent of this. God, I, maybe I looked at someone the wrong way I shouldn't have, and that's called lust. Maybe I said something or I shouldn't have, and all of a sudden, you know, it just felt like, God, you're trying to, yes, work in me, but I feel like the only voice as if I'm hearing was just like, German, change, 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 change. Who likes when someone tells you, Change, change that, change that, change that. Who likes that? No one, right? No one likes that. But you know, the words that I understood in that moment when I was hearing the Holy Spirit, he said, listen, you might think that I'm only speaking to you because, and you feel guilty maybe all the time and need to change. But now, when I've taken care of areas in your life, I'm gonna speak to you, but now it's gonna be in obedience. I want you to do stuff. I want to do, I want to do things through you. Now I want you to hear from me. I want you to be guided by me. So I want to tell you tonight, if you feel that the Holy Spirit's working in your life, and praise the Lord He is, don't underestimate what He can still do. Don't underestimate that He's only gonna stop there. Listen, He wants to take care of the territory that the devil stole in our lives. We were all born in sin, but Jesus. He came, he said, I sent the Holy Spirit. We are so blessed the Holy Spirit came into our lives. You know, in that moment, I realized that. You know, with that, when God started to change me more and more, and I'm so blessed to be part of Slavic Bible College, I had a chance to go for four years, and if you get the chance, go. But listen, being 
in the word, spending time with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, yes, he was cleansing me. But at the same time, he started also to teach me now, now go do a nice deed to that homeless man. Go feed someone. Go bless someone. Go pray for someone. And you start to think, wow, the Holy Spirit doesn't just say, go repent. But he actually wants to talk to me. He actually wants to do something through me. That's the Holy Spirit. Don't think the Holy Spirit only stops at the point of telling us to repent. He does. He does tell us those things, but he wants to take us further when he has dominion over your and my life. I want to bring another example, right? We're going from sin to faith. Why does it sometimes feel like we're starting to see the work of the Lord, we're starting to walk, and all of a sudden we feel like, God, I'm I'm starting to kind of straighten out my path. And remember this, Apostle Paul, he says, the Holy Spirit said, go on the path called straight. You see, Matthew, it says that enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and many, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Why does it seem like sometimes we're trying to walk in obedience to the Lord, right, where God already took us out maybe from sin, maybe we're starting to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. What, how can we walk in obedience, and not constantly fall into sin. You know what the secret sauce is, or the secret to that? Fulfills will. Fulfills will. It's going to help you walk in holiness, in righteousness. Listen, you see, the problem is, we are saying, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, this is awesome. This is something worldly. You know? We're like, oh. And then the Holy Spirit com- rebukes us and convicts us. We're like, okay, God, I need to go back. You see, the more we start to get distracted by our fleshly things, we start to wonder, God, why is life being so difficult? Why am I starting to see destruction in certain areas of my life? Why can I get that girl's number? Why is it not working? I can't get married. You see, when we start to walk in the will of the Lord, the will of the Lord is straight. It's not wide. It's straight. And it's narrow. You see, when we walk in clear obedience to God, we will not get smudged by dirt on the sides. Because what drew us to the side, first of all? Our flesh. Our flesh wanted to do something different. In in other words, outside of the will of God. You need to stay in this straight path. As soon as you kind of pull away by by your flesh to the side, you get smudged. You feel like, God, I feel dirty. That's right. You pulled yourself that way. You've allowed something to do that in your life. You need to keep walking straight. And if we're wise Christians, we're attentive to the Holy Spirit, to his conviction, we get back on the straight path. Did you catch that? We get back on the straight path. So if you feel something is going wrong and you feel kind of shaky because you're bumping to the things on your left and right side, your Holy Spirit's trying to preserve you on the straight path, you won't get bumped left and right when you clearly hear what he's trying to speak to you. I want to move on to number two. It says, we read that he will convict you in righteousness. What does that mean? You see, righteousness means we're being made right with the Father, with God, so we have a right standing. In other words, you have the right. You have the right to do this, to do that, right? In the scriptures, as we read, he will convict us in righteousness. What do we read about righteousness? It says, 
because, so concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. What does this mean for our lives? Listen, we are made righteous only through Jesus Christ. And as as a matter of fact, Joe, I believe, mentioned this too, and we've heard this already, that through Christ, we are able to go to the throne of God. It's amazing how there were two disciples, James and John. Remember how we read in the, in the scriptures, it says, even Mark and other, and other scriptures, it says, they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand, one at your left, in your glory. Jesus says, you do not know what you're talking about. Listen, us coming to the throne room, in other words, when the Holy Spirit convicts us in righteousness, and we are only made righteous through Christ, and how does that happen? When we become one with God, with Jesus Christ, him as the head, we are the body, we are walking in righteousness, and we could get to the throne of God, get access to the throne of God, only when we are in him. You see, he says, you know, you will not see me no longer. But you see, when we go and we are reconciled with Jesus, we are made righteous, we have new clothing, we can come to the Father. Okay, let's say, God, I understand that. So we become one with Christ. We have access to the throne room because we are righteous or in right standing. So what do you do by the throne room? The disciples wanted to sit on the left and right side, but they did not know what they're, you know, what they're saying. You see, What kind of example did Jesus give us? He was not in a hurry to go to the throne, which he had every right to sit on the throne. What did Jesus do? He said, Father, what is thy will? He said, Father, what is thy will? You see, sometimes we confuse position with finding out the will of God. Listen, we have the access to the throne of God. For what? To come and sit on the throne of God and chill out? No. We have access to the throne, to the Father, to come and say, God, what is your will? We just talked about it. When we understand what the will of God is, we will be able to be walking straight. We will be able to walk righteously, holy, in truth. And that's what Jesus did. When he was on earth, he was fulfilling the will of the Father. He said, Father, what have you for me, what have you uh, to say to me or for me to do? Why? Because the Bible says Jesus did nothing or said nothing without hearing and seeing what he saw the Father and Father say and do. You see, Jesus walked in perfect obedience. Jesus heard perfectly what the Father did. And that's the reason we have access to the Father through Jesus Christ to hear from the Father, to understand how to act in our lives. Father, who would you have me to marry? Father, where would you like me to work? Father, how would you like me to change my circumstance in this area of life? Lord, should I go apologize to this person? I feel conviction. Lord, should I change this in my life? God, why did I feel so angry? Maybe I yelled at my wife or I yelled at my husband. God, why do I feel this way? You see, when we start to ask of the will of the Father, man, our lives start to change. Because, and we became right, we become righteous. Because we start to understand the will of the Father. And that's the difference. This is what the Holy Spirit tries to convict us in to make us righteous, to have access to the throne room. And it doesn't stop there. It takes us to walk in dominion on this earth and say, God, what would you have me to do? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't hurry to go back to the Father. He was fulfilling his three and a half years to die on the cross, 
be resurrected, and then he went to the throne. He wants us to do the same, to hear of the Father, walk righteously. We will be seated with him because we are made perfect and beautiful in Christ. I want to go number three, and we're going to pray. Number three is the spirit of truth, right? We heard, and it says he will convict us. He will convict us concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Who is the ruler of this world? The devil. You see, the devil, he has the territory on this earth. He stole what was meant for us to walk in dominion on this earth. And he's trying to continue to steal things in our lives and tries to destroy things. But God, he says, it's judgment. First of all, the devil, the ruler, he is meant for judgment. He's going to burn in the lake of fire. And he's trying to pull as many people with him. You know how it is. If you feel kind of bad, let's make someone else feel bad. It seems like that's what he's trying to do. That's the devil. That's what he's trying to do. But you see, we were not called to fall under his submission, under his authority. This is why the Holy Spirit comes in our lives. He came into the life of Paul and says, listen, I want to take over your life, and I don't want the devil to have dominion over you. And we see that Apostle Paul, his life was completely changed. And you see what happens. What happens? The Bible says, and we read this, that the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, it's, in other words, the word of God, his word, when it comes into our lives, when we hear the word of God, it transforms our lives. It judges the inside of us. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit of joints and of morrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Listen, if we are not judged by the Holy Spirit today in our actions and be convicted in the things that we need to change as we read the word, as we pray, as we fast, and as we seek his face, if we don't allow him to judge us right now, his word, we will be standing on judgment day and be completely condemned because we never allowed him to do his work here on earth. Listen, the Bible says, Jesus talks about it. He says, if anyone does not keep my words, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. This is Jesus saying, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken, I will judge him on the last day. What is Jesus trying to say? He came onto this earth with a mission to save people. But the words he spoke, the word that we read today, it's what's going to judge us. Listen, as we read the word, it pierces through our hearts. It divides the things that's godly, ungodly. It tests us in the things that we need to change in. And perhaps you're sitting here today and you're hearing the word of God and you are reminded of the things that you maybe need to change. Hey, I want to call us to prayer tonight. Listen, the word of God is so amazing. God is wanting to come by his spirit into your life and my life. How much of the Holy Spirit do you want in your life? You know, we could complain about life and say, man, life is just messed up. Life is so depressing. Why is everything going downhill? Why are things not working out? Maybe with my job, with business or school. Why am I getting this uh, D plus is not a C minus at least? You know, it all trickles down. It all comes down together. It's all tied together. You see, many times we, we want a little bit of the Holy Spirit. 
and we say, God, I just want to at least speak in a little bit of a tongues at least. I want to come maybe to a prayer service. But God wants a whole devoted life. He does not only want, he does not only want you on a Tuesday or on a Sunday. He wants every single day, every single minute, as you lay in your bed, you meditate on the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what would you like to do? Even right now, I'm ending my day. What would you have me to do? What would you have me to pray about? This is a person that walks in divine, in in order of the Holy Spirit, hearing, listening, attentive to him. And that's what helps us to walk the straight path. I want to ask you this question. Maybe you've been praying about and just wondering, God, why am I struggling with sin? Why do I feel like a failure? Why am I still, I can't overcome certain addictions and bondages? I want to share something. You think, you think that, you know, sometimes people's lives look perfect. They're not. We made mistakes. We have failed in many different things, you know. Each one of us has different struggles that we face with but I'm so thankful to God, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that he sets the captive free. Listen, even if you thought that you can't overcome the sin, maybe addiction to alcohol, maybe pornography, maybe just lust, maybe different things in your life, and you start to think, God, how am I gonna overcome this? He will set you free. The word is powerful to do it, and he could do it today in a moment right now. Are you hungry for him? Do you want him? Do you want him to take over your life completely? You know, Apostle Paul, we read about him. He said, Holy Spirit just came actually at him. He didn't really have a choice. You see, while we are breathing and alive, do we just want a partial of the Holy Spirit? Or do we want to say, God, consume me completely. I want my life changed. I want to be different. I don't want to do what other people are doing. God, I want to be in full submission to you. I want to see your conviction. Not just to save, but also to work through me, to lead me in this life. I want to pray about this tonight. If you feel the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart and you need a prayer, I want you to come forward and pray and ask, Holy Spirit, I want you completely. Holy Spirit, I want you to take care of this in my life. I want you to deal with my sin. I want you to come at me, even if I have to lose everything. But I want you, Holy Spirit. I want you to do your work inside of me because I want the freedom. I want the joy of your salvation. I want you, Holy Spirit. I want that to be our prayer tonight. We don't have to stay where we are. We don't have to be where we are in defeat because we're called to victory. We're called to be conquerors in Jesus Christ because we are sons and daughters of God. I want us to stand up on our feet. We're going to be praying right now. I want us to be true to ourselves If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, come forward. I want to pray with you. Amen.